After all of you gather in the guild's training room, a very large male minotaur dressed in light gear recognizes you all and greets you. So I take it you want to do this then? Roll for initiative. Well, hello, and welcome to episode three of Carpe Diem, a D&D and Dungeons and Dragons... Wait, what did I say? D&D and Dungeons and Dragons? I meant a Dungeons and Dragons tabletop discussion podcast, and I am your host, Ian. Sorry for that weird hit, mishap, I guess. Um, if you've been following this podcast, welcome back. I'm happy that you're listening in once more. Uh, clearly, I'm doing something right and entertaining you guys. Um, if you are new here... Hello, and I hope you enjoy yourselves. Stay a while, you might enjoy it here. Um, so, a few things before we start the show. Um, I, there's a slightly different opening for this one. I uh, hope that's alright, but it still kind of follows the same theme that I'm kind of going for, for the cold open. Um, my release schedule is still a mess, I apologize. Uh, I usually try to record, uh, edit, and upload on the same day, just because that was... A matter of convenience for me however just with the holidays happening right now and my job with retail uh, my schedule is all over the place uh, so I need to kind of break that kind of part up in the background I guess um, anyhow I am trying to get closer to having a regular output of once every two weeks um, my hope is I will be uploading and publishing um, episodes every Saturday, uh, on Saturdays, uh, every two weeks, and we'll kind of see how I feel about that and see if that kind of regulates the mess, essentially. Um, so let's start with today's topic of essentially how do you become a capable DM? Um, oops, I almost knocked over my mic. So these are certain things that I've kind of picked up, like tips, tricks, and some, and essentially developed some of these skills uh, as a budding DM in order to kind of build myself into being better at running games uh, for my players and making it more enjoyable. Um, these are just like a few things that I've either figured out as I went along, or I've seen other DMs do it through like by listening to listening or watching podcasts or watching. Um, other D&D-based shows and stuff like that, and I kind of wanted to try those out, so I want to share them with you guys. Um, it's a little funny, just because I still feel pretty new, uh, still pretty green about this kind of stuff, uh, in the realm of running my own games, because um, I think I did say um, that I have been running games for roughly a year and a half. Um, I've run it. I've been running my current campaign um, for this whole year. I think starting in April, back in April, it's been going pretty well. And just kind of from that too, even um, my development of being a DM has drastically changed to where I was a year ago. Um, so these are just again, these are things that for, that work for me currently. Um, there are definitely a lot more kind of skills out there um, that I'm still learning um, and if there's anything that I've missed in this episode or if you want to hear my opinion on something related to this or you just kind of want to share your thoughts or and feedback um, please feel free to follow me on my Instagram at carpe dnd and you'll also be getting um, 
announcements and <laughs> sorry yeah you'll be getting announcements and other just kind of posts related to that kind of uh, to D and to the show if you follow me on there too so let's just kind of start um just before actually before i get into the stuff that i've kind of worked on um, i do want to preface um this first with um the examples i will be using are from my current campaign and so let me just kind of lay down what exactly this campaign setting is. Um, so I've essentially been running this very similar to um, the Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy games with like the quest structures. Um, it also has a touch very similar in story to the fairy tale anime manga series. So just kind of picture those three things kind of mashed together to fit this kind of game type essentially uh, not game type uh, campaign setting um, where the players are all um, freelancers or m like paid mercenaries slash like adventurers and they work for a freelance guild so they are tasked with um, doing various jobs uh, of different level and skill and they get those jobs on from the guild job board and in the campaign, in the campaign setting itself, with the uh, in in terms of the jobs, um, there are legal jobs and there are illegal jobs. Illegal jobs are like the the underground, like the the black market kind of dealings and and the underworld kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so the main focus of the cam the campaign setting is very much like you look to the job board if you want to get experience and money and stuff like that. And given, like, there's nothing, I guess, in that campaign setting, there's nothing stopping from my players from just going out there and becoming just hired help here and there. But in the current point, this is just kind of what it's developed into. Um, so aside from that, uh, I do kind of want to start off with um, this one skill that I've been developing is just jotting doubt, jot, jotting doubt, jotting out um, ideas. Um, from just kind of random inspiration moments for my story or my care my player storylines something like that, or even just kind of like world, like world flavor ideas, um, just being able to write that out quickly. So just, um, not well, kind of as an example is like I have a notepad on my phone or I would voice record myself explaining the idea that I've really quickly thought of. And then going back and kind of fleshing that out when I have more free time. Just because, again, it's just random strokes of inspiration everywhere I go sometimes. And it's usually while I'm at work. So I'll have to take maybe like 30 seconds to a minute to really quickly put this down. Because I don't personally trust myself to remember that idea until I get home. And this is just something that helps. Um, I don't really have direct examples that I can... Like, well, new examples that I can use, uh, just because they're new and they're for my part, the my my party here, uh, and again, like if my party here is listening, hello again, um, and you've kind of been privy to some of my ideas. Thank you for being my experiments, like my test subjects essentially. Um, but yeah, so uh, example would be in the world. I think I want to say maybe. Five, four or five sessions back, I introduced a circus that came to town, essentially, and I fleshed everything, almost everything out, I think. I want to say 
I got the some of the NPCs down for who works at the circus. I described mini games, um, the food attractions, the the prizes, and I'm just and I after that I essentially was like go do something with this, have fun, right? And I, uh, yeah. So I'll even go back go further into this in the portion where I talk about player derailment. But like I essentially gave them all this, and they proceeded to not do everything. They 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 just kind of went off and did everything but what I described, which is hilarious to me. But you know that's what's the nature of D and D and just kind of role playing games as a whole. They'll you can't control your players to do exactly what you want sometimes, but you know if you ride with it, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, like this this kind of habit is very useful, um, though it does depend on. The type of person and the type of DM uh, slash GM you are, again, because like you might just have the ability to remember things for long periods of time. I personally do not, <laughs> unfortunately, um, and kind of with this too. Like I'm sure uh, it helps with like improv and like I like. There's no doubt with un, uh, in my mind I, that a lot of you out there are. Uh, leaps and bounds better than uh, at improv than I am currently, uh, and it is my aspiration right now to acquire those same abilities so that I can kind of think on the fly, uh, especially if um, a game is going pretty bland essentially and you want to change things around, whereas I have to kind of think of different ideas and go, okay, so if this doesn't work, they have to do X and, and so forth. Right, and kind of leading into the same kind of list structure, um, like the the idea listing is um, making a list of NPC names. This is something that um, I think I watched a TikTok or something like that um, describe it and saying like, yeah, just come up with random names. They can be funny, they can be serious. And then I guess from there I took that and then within that itself, I took individual names and started just developing the NPCs into like actual characters aside from their names. So like I could say Stacy is a half elf who is also a basket weaver or something like that. And like I would just go slowly, um, just kind of day to day or something like that. Or whenever I have time, I would go into that list and develop these names into actual characters, which is also useful when um, your players encounter P NPCs and just various people, because sometimes. You do have like one or two people that you need them to meet and you have their names and descriptions down. Um, however, sometimes they'll talk to, yeah, so like, yeah, they'll say, sometimes they'll just talk to the random Stacy, right? And you need to be able to describe them. So this kind of list helps with that too. Um, yeah, and this is also useful for story and adventure ideas. Um, again, this is also a new practice that I've been kind of putting into myself and it has been helping. Um, one more thing that I've been kind of, I've been, I keep forgetting to do this or I lose the notes for this, but um, having your player's armor class and passive perception scores on hand as a DM is very useful. Like it's, I feel like it should be common sense, but for me, I just keep forgetting um, and honestly, it just makes uh, every kind of encounter easier to do. So if you need 
your party, if you need the party to, to notice something, right? Like you just refer to the sheet and say, oh, this player, like X player, you see this first or you notice this first, right? And that's the same thing with combat with the, with the, the player armor classes, right? Like you don't have to go, does this hit when you're rolling uh, against them? You just go, okay, well, that hits and you, take, you just deal with damage and that just speeds the combat up so it doesn't draw as much. And honestly, I guess, just as a whole for that is, like, just have good note-taking skills. And that's just, that is something that can be developed. Like, I I know that I'm pretty decent at it. And I guess, like, if you're good at taking notes in school, you'll be fine for this kind of stuff. Just because, like, if you have good note-taking skills, um, it's useful for in-game moments where you think of something. Uh, or, let's say, like, you... you put your players through a scenario your players through a scenario and while that's happening you think of a better way to have that happen you like just write that down and then continue on I guess um, and like the biggest um, thing that I've been building all these skills and stuff to circle around is essentially preparing for player derailment or like essentially not thinking that your players will fall into a certain storyline that you didn't entirely bother to flesh out past this initial idea or like just a one sentence kind of thing. So like an example for that would be um, in my world, again with the illegal jobs, um, they found a heist uh, kind of quest through talking with one of the NPCs. Um, initially I thought they were going to come back from the, do the, the job that they previously did and um, <laughs> just take a rest and, and stuff like that and then go back to the job board, right? Like, plain and simple. Sure, I make, I think I made like three or four um, modules for that, like three, four uh, quest uh, contracts and stuff like that. And then they're like, yeah, okay, I want to go shopping first before we do that. And one of my NPCs, who's a monk, managed to find a specific shop that I had and after trying to purchase, um, I think it was a pair of gauntlets, uh, they, they realized they didn't have enough money. So they were like, oh, is there anything I can do for this product, like any sort of favor? And I'm just like, oh, well, crap, because like, that's exactly the route you needed to take to unlock the heist. Um, and unfortunately, I had to go, hey, let's cut this short because I didn't have this planned. Uh, and that's also, I guess that's also one more thing that to be okay with is to cut things short in a game when you didn't have it planned. Or especially if you don't feel confident enough to, um, to, to improv it, I guess. And, but yeah, like, it's just, that whole moment was really funny for me because it, it, it made me, it reminded me the, I think somebody said, remember that if your player's, Think, well, like, uh, what was it? Like, remember that whatever your players can and will do will happen. Like, uh, I don't know how to properly say it, put it into words. It's like, anything that the player can't, like, you think a player will do, will do eventually, right? Like, anything can and will happen sort of sit, uh, situation. I don't know if that made sense. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, like, I ended up flushing out that whole heist and it kind of went and became something that they really loved. And I'm actually pretty happy for that. 
even though I initially had it down as a jot note in my list, like just a single sentence. But yeah, um, another thing I kind of want to talk about too within that is being okay to give your players a little bit of a nudge. It's a little bit like roll, uh, roll, blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit like railroading, but not, not like entirely picking up your character, uh, the players and going, here, this is the quest that you need to be doing, right? It's just very, doing very subtle things, uh, that I've been trying to do, like, they'll, they'll try doing some sort of investigation role or insight role or something like that, like perception, right? And... I guess like their expectation is like there is something there and then when essentially like if they roll high enough and then you say like there's nothing there then like that'll that's kind of my subtle way of giving them a nudge to saying like hey don't be looking here or like don't be following whatever uh thought thought that you've had um though I will say in my in the latest game I've had to essentially go like take a few of them and say like, "Hey, this goes nowhere. I like I need you to do something else because this literally goes nowhere," and that kind of stuff. But those are these moments are very far and in between themselves. And then kind of within that, to not well not from what I just spoke, but like how to turn player derailment into fun RP moments. I swear I could turn this whole topic into another episode in the future. Just kind of going about different examples that I've had. Or maybe even like I'll look at Reddit or something and seeing how people have turned player derailment into fun role-playing or fun like combat moments, essentially. Um, yeah, and like it's not necessarily a bad thing if your players will say like, hey, I'm going to go do X thing instead of the thing you gave us, like the main quest you've given us or that we've chosen, right? Um, I will say it's like very different if you're a very story-heavy DM and you have a very specific route and kind of path for these players. Um, and like, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, I would say that the game is... I still would say that the game is still very dependent on essentially what is guided improv. But yeah, essentially finding ways to take what a player or your players have done and then kind of just turning into something else. Just it's it's honestly just kind of remind yourself like it's okay to to sidetrack a little bit. Just cause with the nature of D D, it's it's again, it's an RPG, right? So RPG games have side stories from the main quest, so that's totally fine to do with this whole situation too because again you can turn that into awesome plot hooks or story game like story game in-game moments um and just even i I have small examples for of this um one of which is um my one of my players who is a gunslinger um they got back from a job and immediately had to fight a giant purple worm and i had originally planned uh half the session because we I think that session I aimed for three to four hours, and I initially planned for half that session to be a large fight with the purple worm, and alongside of some of the NPCs, um, and I guess like not even a full round, maybe two rounds. I'm I'm sure. Um, my gunslinger had the idea to construct a makeshift frag bomb 
And I'm just like, sure, but you're gonna have to roll, um, roll like essentially tinkering dice, uh, tinkering checks like really quickly to see if you can do this fast. Um, and then he did end up succeeding in those rolls. And then I think on his next turn, he tossed the bomb in uh, like this shift, like this, this, this like slapped together bomb that he made out of like gunpowder, his like leftover gunpowder and like bullets tossed into the worm, lit it on fire. And it just essentially blew the mouth, like the worm's head clear off and all over the city. Um, and that just ended the battle. Uh, I think I want to say within the first 40 minutes, uh, maybe like an hour, hour and a half ish. And then I didn't have anything else because I'm just like, well, the next part would be you guys go back and rest and do more job board stuff. But then I'm just like, well, wait a second. And then I started to describe how the purple worm bits started raining down on them, how dirty they were, and this became a... It, essentially, I fed into it, and it became a hilarious, like, bathhouse anime episode um, that they got to fool around in. I got to describe, like, all the all the things there. They, they ended up, I think, doing, like, essentially a cannonball contest or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was just, like, I turned the battle-heavy session into just, like, an RP-heavy fool-around session, and they just still had a good time. The next kind of, it's not really a derailment, but more like something similar to it would be um, two of my players had a good cop, bad cop roleplay routine that they tried to do for part of a, it wasn't a job, it was more um, of an investigation for for some NPCs, um, and these uh, I, I will say, like, so one of them was a fighter barbarian and the other was a monk. Both were low intelligence or just, or just they were, they were playing them to be rather dumb, essentially. And again, like, this, I guess it's not, this is more, I guess you could consider this moment to be more feeding into the chaos, which I'll be talking about in another episode. But um, they essentially rolled so poorly on their insight and investigation kind of rules to the point where their characters totally believed that the current NPC that they were talking to was the the guy that they were looking for, which, I mean, obviously they it was not, and it ruined, not really ruined, but, like, it messed up some of the other players' plans because they essentially ran back to the party and were like, hey, we found the person we're looking for. They're just in disguise, and the rest of the party is like, no, this person right here that we're talking to is the guy. And kind of just hilarity kind of ensued from that. And yeah, again, like these examples that I've kind of given are very small compared to what other DMs have or it, like or gone through or experienced. Because um, like where like these people, like you're... I guess, like, where, where other DMs, like, their campaign plots are completely derailed and you have to figure out a way to, um, find a way to get them back on track, essentially. But, yeah, like, it's, these are just what I've experienced and, like, the way I run my game is pretty much on-the-fly sort of deal. Like, I do have notes 
or what I expect for the session to be like, but I, I, I tend to leave it pretty open. Um, I don't really have too big of any, like, too huge plot, too huge of a plot point kind of going on at any given time. Um, I have a few things here and there that are world-based or tied into one of my players' backstories because I found with this current game, I like being able to tell a story that's around them instead of having the characters react to something that's in the world, which also is a very valid thing to do. Um, but yeah, like putting my focus on the characters uh, is pretty much what I do and they seem to like it. Um, and it, like it's obviously I don't think it's anything new that I've been do I'm, that I'm doing, but that's just kind of how I run my games anyways. And yeah, like I don't really have that much else that aside from being a good note taker essentially and and actually being prepared uh, in certain regards, like again with the AC and um, PP, the the path of perception. I, I call it PP because it's funny because I'm a child. Um, uh, yeah, so just, those are just some of the things that I've kind of came up with or just been picking up. Um, and just kind of, I hope that, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of just about it for this episode. I, I do hope you like it. Uh, and just kind of a few closing notes. Um, again, if you like what you're listening to and want to hear how, hear slash see how this show develops, please follow on whatever platform you, you'll be listening on. Um, this podcast distributes to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, I don't really know the last three, but apparently they're pretty decent. Um, I also do have my Instagram at Carpe D and D. Please feel free to follow me on there for nerdy posts and other announcements about the show. Um, lately, the posts that I've been doing is me showing off my dice hoard and show, essentially showing off my inner dice goblins. Uh, you can also send me questions on there, uh, send me topic ideas or opinions that you want to hear me discuss. Um, you can even send me your stories on your players and about like taking the plot into like a hard left turn. And if you want me to share that, I can totally do that. Um, one other thing too is I'm going to continue to shout out um, Arcane Anthems for the royalty-free fantasy music that I've been using for my intro and outro tracks. If you like it, if you like what it sounds like, please check him out. He does have a Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Um, yeah, so that's it for episode three. Hopefully you'll be in for episode four. Again, going to try doing once every two weeks on Saturdays. Yeah, um, bye for now, and may your dice roll high, guys. Bye.